Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. All right, welcome to the Cobra Cast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Pres Logan. I got my co-host, Ricky Et Dog VP Etridge. Uh, welcome to the show and welcome, Ed Dog. Drip, drip, drip. Buddy, yeah, right, right where you are, mate. Uh, just, yeah, head to toe. We told them, we told them. <laughs> they didn't believe it. us. We, they did not believe us when we said head to toe in a, an SED Cobra apparel. But I don't have the shorts on at the moment. But <laughs> I do, little, mate, but I'm not getting up bit, to show you. It's a little bit too chilly for me at, uh, at the moment to put the shorts on. But... Uh, I got the jacket. I got the the buffs. You know, I got the headband buff. That's a uh, channel in Gardner Minshew there with the headband on. And but I'm getting a little bit warm, so <laughs> I, I might just take this jacket off. So you put a couple of JJs on, mate. Man, I might just take this jacket off because. Oh, it's another one. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, look at that. That's... Look at that. My God, it's another jacket. You know, just for anyone that doesn't know who it is, it's Ricky Rifty, <laughs> life member, president. Um, and, you know, just uh, the old throw, back, throw back in the uh, old sand down. little kangaroo there. But, you know, it is, it is still a bit warm, so I might take that one off too. It's, you know. I got the polo. Yeah. Mate, I got the polo as well. Look at that. Lovely, mate. Lovely. We told him. Dripping head to toe. It's good yeah. to see. Besides, it's good to see that besides the studs, but we haven't doubled up. Oh Jesus Christ! I tell you what, though, mate. I am actually quite warm. I'm, you're you're rocking the short sleeve polo, mate. I'm rocking the brand new long sleeve polos. That's right. We play winter sport. Long sleeve polos, and my personal favourite, mate, the vest. Yeah, the vest. The look, vest. Yeah, looks good. Um, I probably should have. Adju- I, I probably should have adjusted for the um, GKGs. I put it in isolation before I ordered one. But hey, here's yeah. what it is. Well, I, I've got to be honest. Uh, I'm with. Um, I don't quite get a vest. I, I've never really found myself going. My body's freezing, but my arms are just too too warm to be in a jacket. So. What I can tell you, mate, you've obviously never worked at a school where they have the heaters on 50 degrees inside, but outside 6 degrees. You're in and out. That's. But mate, how good is yeah, it? I've yeah. actually, and you can see behind me, I've got you know, the polo and the hoodie up on display. And, and as you, d- you, you did show your little muscles, but I don't think we actually mentioned, starting from scratch from Waverley Park Physio, our loyal sponsors have uh, decided to jump on board for a bit longer as our a, a sleeve apparel. So all 
uh, all apparel with sleeves will have the Waverley Park and starting from scratch logo on it. And our good old mate, our main man, McCormick Construction, again, just doing what he does best and just sponsoring the club like he always has. Yeah, mate. It's, um, I'll tell you what, it's, I've been living in the, the new jacket of uh, enjoying it. I've, the buffs, I'm got a nice headband going and when I have to step outside and face the world, I get to put, put a copper mask That's on just, just in case anybody that doesn't know. Um, I, can, uh, I can confirm that someone has already done the right thing and gone through the, the right pathways that shop has brought one and has been delivered to him. Wore it to work on Friday and can already, oh man, must be, I think it was Thursday, wore it to work and he rang me. He said, I agree, mate, uh, Jorge Exotic. Mate, the boys love them. They can't believe the cobra got them. They thought I was talking shit when I said we're getting cobra buffs. Well, mate. Mate, we don't, we don't fuck around. That's it. That's what no. it comes down to. And, and if, you, if you do want your quality product, mate, if you want our quality product, on about Monday or Tuesday, you head across to Sandown, www.sandownfnc. Sandowncobrasfnc.com.au. Follow Hit, the links. Follow the link to the shop or... Um, It'll be up on our socials. We'll post a direct link to the store. Um, or if you're a club that you know, are looking at this, go, man, that's some, you know, whether international club or Australian club, look at it, go, man, that's some, that's some sweet, sweet shit right there. Who does that? SCD Apparel. Find them on Facebook and ask for our good mate, Phil. Yeah, mate. Um, well, we've got a fair bit to cover. So what else have we getting into before we get into... Uh, Wandsworth Demons. All right, mate. Well, over the last few weeks, we have been running the, uh, the Cobra Cast Best Jumper in the World competition. And I'm proud to say, mate, we have a winner. Hold on, hold on. Before you get into the winner, it, it has been a hotly contested competition, I've got to add. And did you say that you used to get messages too, did you? Mate, there's, there's <laughs> been some upset people. There's been some pretty happy people. But I'll tell you one thing, it's got. It's got people uh, involved and it's got some people fired up and there's some, some jumpers that have been brought to our light that we didn't know about because people are going, oh, hold on, you can't have the best jumper in the world, not have ours. Well, you've got to get on the Cobra cast, first of all. So if you, you want your jumper in the next competition, hit us up. We'll get you on a Cobra cast. We'll check your jumper out. We might draft you in our next re- redraft. Yeah. But, all right. I know who I... I'm vo- I'm going for the win, so let's go. Who who won right, it? Mate. Come well, on. Well, because of a little bit of a, uh, we, I figured you can't have a winner without having a bronze medal match. Yeah. You know, it's the 2020 was meant to be the year of the Olympics. It didn't happen. So, what better way to add a third place playoff? So, in third place, winning 56 percent to 44 percent, the Edinburgh Bloods. Ooh, so they have pipped and landed off. just. Um, can confirm that was actually a fairly tight poll on both. I just want to read type people. This is Facebook and Instagram combined. So if you've seen, if you've voted at 22 hours on Instagram and it's 70 to 30% and they get what? They get beaten. Just means that the Facebook votes are out of outweigh the other way around. Just want to point that out as you would have seen the Instagram messages, mate. <laughs> So Atlanta finished fourth. Edinburgh Bloods finished third. Now, for the winner. The grand before we, before, grand we get final. In, before we get into it, right, I just want to point out, South Dublin was your number one seed. Yeah. The Montreal Demons were my 15th seed. 
So they were what the thirty, the thirty, 29th club picked or thirtieth club picked overall. And they made all the and way they, to the final. That's that's an underdog story. That's if an you've underdog ever heard story. Of one. And I'll tell you how they made it, mate. Was they were the only club I can think of that had multiple. I'm talking multiple people share and share and sharing voters. They wanted this, mate. They they wanted this so bad. Like you, you think the AFL players are playing for a premiership? These guys wanted it more. All right, so, so you've built, built it, up, it so up. Did they win? So the winner of the Cobra Cast Best Jumper in the World in the Grand Final, winning 59% to 41%, the South Dublin Swans. Boy! <laughs> they, have, they held on. They held the nerve. That's great. There was times checking it where, uh, you know, you could definitely tell the time zones when who was awake because I think by the time it went up, it was... But at four o'clock yesterday afternoon, as North America was asleep, Europe were waking up, and the, you know the South Dublin Swans was up here. And then overnight, South Dublin go asleep, and America wake up, and Montreal crept and crept and crept back. But right, congratulations to the South Dublin Swans. That is an absolute. That was my second pick. If you hadn't picked them, your first pick, I was taking them as my second pick. So credit to them, mate. They've gone all the way, and I tell you right, Matt, I'll tell you, well. And it's a credit to Montreal because, like you said, 15th seed um, and make it all the way to the final final two. That just shows that they've got what a good it, bunch of people that support their club and we're getting right behind it. And, you know, some of our favourites that we thought were going to be up there in the finals, like, you know, obviously South Dublin was my, my favourite, but your favourite, Delft Blues, very stiff because... I just weren't getting that online support, exactly. you know? Now, the reason I, another reason I've done the third and fourth place playoff is you mentioned that we're going to do another one of these. We're, we're planning on doing like a big one, like, you know, any club that wants to reach out and get involved with the Cobra Cast and jump on. So if we've got to sit there one day and pick 50 jumpers each, we will. The way these four have finished guarantees South Dublin top seed, Montreal top seed, of, each, of one of our, whichever way we want to go. And it also gives Edinburgh and Atlanta second seed of either bracket. So it, it, that's why the third place was so important for this one. The men of either bracket. My, my two... Well, yeah, you I, can, I want yeah, me South Dublin, mate. That's my top seed. I'm going for back-to-back wins. Okay, well, you keep oh, South you know. Dublin. You get, you get South Dublin and Edinburgh as your one and two. <laughs> and I'll take uh, Montreal and Atlanta for my one and two. You don't get to just switch conferences. Just, you know... The Prez is going for back-to-back, all right? But, um, all right. So, that's it. That was a big competition. We had a lot of fun with that. We enjoyed all the messages and all the, you know, the votes going into it, people sharing it, which uh, was fantastic. But look out for the next one. We'll go bigger and better. Mate, we've taken up that much time. I've just realised it's only Monday, podcast recommendation. Because of how much time we've spent on the Cobra cast, we're going to move that to Monday. To Wednesday night's episode. Because I've just realised who we're speaking to tonight, mate, and... Yeah. We've got more important things to talk about. Yeah, mate. Um, Wandsworth Demons, that's who we're chatting to. Um, and the efforts they did to raise money for Fight MND and the things they did for it were just remarkable. Um, and... Yeah, it's yeah. a it, it's a club that I will admit have 
some could say jump the queue but from from recording to release but the only reason that is because we've had this one up for a while but we wanted to wait until all their freeze m and stuff was finished they had they we knew how much they had raised because we didn't think it would be appropriate to get them on when they were halfway through their fundraising we thought we needed to wait until it was all completely done they had their final tally and away you go so that that's why it, when we're talking for this one to future ones it may sound like we're a little bit all over the shop but just want to be up front up up front with our listeners and explain that explain that's the reason why yeah mate the the efforts they did to raise money for uh fight mnd was amazing and the the you know we're going to chat all about the the ideas they came up with and the 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 steps they did the bloody walking for 24 hours and all the different things they they did to raise money and it it reminded yeah. us of somebody in our league who did uh did some great stuff for a cancer charity jake ward um so he gets a mention here with his great work he did and and at the time of recording it i i didn't know but um so jake ward did all that raising money for cancer and stuff because unfortunately his partner was suffering with cancer. He's suffering with cancer. And just a couple of days ago, his uh, wife has just found out she's finished chemo. So congratulations to uh, his Jess. wife, Jess. Um, and mate, what he's done to, to raise money for cancer has been phenomenal. And the battle she's gone through, we take our hats off to her because um, mate, you, you never wish that upon anyway upon anyone um but yeah mate when, when we were talking about all this great work that they did it did remind me of jake and and the work he did and he, he did an amazing job so um we couldn't go without mentioning that but mate swansworth demons and they've done a, a massive massive job over there raising some some great money for friday mnd uh so let's get into this chat and uh, we'll catch you on the next one all right, so today we are welcomed by Xavier, the president of the Wandsworth Demons. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. Ah, no, our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Um, let's get stuck straight into it. Um, how did you come across Aussie Rules over in uh, Wandsworth? Uh, well, the, the club's been around for about 30 years, um, but my how I came to the club, my older brother, Jared, played for the, for the Demons in 2008 and 2009. So the first thing I did when I moved over to London, I, uh, well, I first, I moved into my cousin's place and then the, uh, and I started looking for a place around Clapham where, where we're based because my brother said, look, the first thing you need to do to London is go join the Demons because you'll just have the best time of your life while you're meant to be in London. Um, and that's what I did. So um, within about a couple of weeks of moving to London, I found a place in Clapham and um, went down. I think at the end of that time of the year, it was finals time. So, my cousin and I went down and saw the um, the grand finals happening uh, in July and August that year, and then yeah, um, in the January in 2015, um, came out and then yeah, haven't left uh, six years later. I haven't left, so um, yeah, it's been a really great time. Yeah, nice. So you mentioned the clubs a bit. It would have had its 30th anniversary this year, wouldn't it? With uh, a couple of yeah, other clubs. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's right. So it's us. Um, I believe it's the Wimbledon Hawks, the West London Lions and the North London Lions. Um, we're the four original teams. There, there might have been a few others that have um, gone by the wind now, um, but we're the ones still around. And so, yeah, the league is, is, would have been 30 years old 
uh, this year, which um, I think we've, we've just kind of pushed all those celebrations to uh, 2021 and forget that this ever happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's a good plan. But what yeah. do you know why they chose the Demons for the name back 30 years ago? Uh, I'm not entirely sure why they chose the Demons name. I think it was it just would have been... Um, I think, if my history is correct, one of the boys who started it was a Demons fan. So that's um, that's just basically how it was. How it was. But the Wandsworth um, comes from, back in the day, we you had to sort of pick an area to set up in London. So you'd have like the original teams, you'd have North uh, and West, and you'd have us down South. And so we chose Wandsworth to sort of cover um, as much distance as possible. Um, so in sort of like have like a recruitment sort of area. Um, back This is back 30 years ago now. Um, but following on that, it, the teams below us, so the the men's conference team is known as the Clapham Demons, um, and the women's conference team is known as the Clapham Demons, and then the men's social team is known as um, the South London Demons. So it's all about sort of like trying to hold as much space in London to to have your own, and the other clubs would have similar um, names for their teams as well to sort of you know expand out um, their sort of catchment area in in London. It's actually pretty smart trying to cover as much ground and be inclusive as you can to suburbs. So yeah, well, in yeah. in theory, probably calling us the South London Demons would have been uh, would have been probably covered everything. But uh, but we do what we can now. We can't change history. So well, a lot of I was actually more intrigued when I come across Wandsworth. I was like, oh, what exactly is Wandsworth? So it made me a bit more to have to research. You, you go South London. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> but um, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a quite a big borough um, in, in London. So I think back in the day, 30 years ago, it was um, a real hotbed of, of um, Aussies and sort of it hasn't really stopped since. Yeah. Uh, Rift, we could get out of the way early. So you are in London. So yeah. home of the uh, of, of soccer, the like the call around the world. I'm a, do you follow the game yourself? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm an Arsenal man. Um, so I was happy to see the... Uh... <laughs> I was, I was so close today. I, be, I went out and brought the, uh, the new away kit last week because after winning the Community Shield, I had it on earlier. I'm like, oh, I better put on something a bit different otherwise Rift is going to grill me. I'm shadow I wasn't wearing it now. <laughs> would have, that would have been good. No, so, uh, so, yeah, I do follow it. Um, I used to go to the games quite, quite regularly, actually, um, when uh, I had a good crap friend of mine used to be a member, so... I'll be up at the Emirates, uh, you know, once a, once a month or so. Uh, but you haven't been for for a couple of years now, actually. But uh, yeah, we do follow it over here. It's it's a, obviously um, the biggest sport, so it's hard to miss. Uh, admittedly, some people could argue why you'd want to go there for the last couple of years, but yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Well, no, some we, people are for punishments, I guess. Yeah, true. Well, we have won more trophies in twenty twenty than Liverpool did, so <laughs> yeah, this is true. But anyway, so you guys, you know, are the demons. You have a. A bit of a different logo compared to most Demons clubs around the world. Do you know how you guys come up with that logo uh, originally? Well, it's it's been a bit of a history of... Um, uh, so, basically, 20 years ago, we no, for our 20th anniversary, we had a bit of a change in our jersey design. Um, and, the, and with that design came the... Um, that sort of... That Demon with the... Uh, with the... What do you call it? We call it the Trident um, sort of image that came with it. Um, and so we used to... And that's just sort of where it's born out from, like a bit of, um, something a bit unique. And one of the um, members at the time um, actually designed it for us. And so we've just sort of kept that aesthetic and design um, with us because, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, it shows a bit of our history and where we've come from. So, yeah, it's not really a, a traditional logo, but uh, it's, it's one that sort of has a lot of history in the club. And 
especially when it's been designed by um, a fellow club member. It, um, it's sort of like, we like to keep that sort of history around the club, um, you know, to sort of represent where we've been for the last 30 years. Yeah, they're very nice. I'm, as Rifty knows, I'm very, very big on history, which is why we've included a bit of our history back into our apparel this year. But uh, I'm also, as well as Rifty, a massive fan of unique logos. And oh, that's good. We've, um, there's a few in, uh, in, in AFL London. There's uh, some good ones fighting there, around. So. There is. We're currently running through a um, best jumper in the world from the clubs that have appeared in the Cobra Cast bracket at the moment. And we do plan on doing a best logo in the world bracket. Okay, Rifty, good. Rifty, safe to say that uh, Wandsworth are probably going to be in the top 32 easily with that logo. Yeah, yeah, they'll get up there for they'll sure. They'll get up there. So, but, um, um, who's winning the... Um, I saw the North London Lions are in that comp. What's, uh, their, okay. what's the status of that? So, in recording this, and when this, we are in conference semifinals. So, I'm pretty sure North London Lions are in semifinals for my conference. I... Could tell you who is in the finals for Rifty's conference, but I need to work the math out. But yeah, yeah sure. down, by the time this comes out, we'll be down to possibly the final, if not the last four. So, oh, great. And we've had, um, I've, the, the I Manic- hope you got the Vienna Galars on there actually, um, because they've got a great jersey. They've, they've actually, their jersey is pink and gray, like a it Galar. It's, it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. We've had, it, we had Vienna Galars, but unfortunately, this has become just a popularity contest. So yeah, yeah, can imagine the, the teams with good supporter bases and plenty of people to tag in the the pitches have have got up. So some of our favourites have unfortunately not not even made it to the finals. <laughs> yeah, so, that's a shame. Uh, we've had we've had I think in the first four days we had about eight nine clubs reach out to us that well we knew I knew existed but like oh what about our jump or about this my club's jumper and we're like. All right, we're going to, need to do something about this rifty because we're, I felt we've alienated a few clubs. So, what we have decided is we're going to put it out there that any club that wants to be involved in it, we're going to do another one. And we've decided yeah. we don't we don't really care if we need to do two brackets of sixty four. We have one hundred and twenty clubs or one hundred and thirty clubs involved in it. We're going to get ourselves to work our way down to the best jump in the world because I think every club deserves you know that possibility, and not just be the ones that appeared on the show. But yeah, that's true. Well, there's, there's plenty in, in AFL Europe. There's some um, oh. really, really colourful, colourful jerseys uh, flying around. So it'd be it'd be great to have them featured. I think oh, uh, there are some absolute crackers. My so far, my favourite jump in the world has been the Dolph Blues, just because of the uh, the nature of their jumper with all the little things that are Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll How translate you, for you. Yeah. It's all right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> but um, speaking of uh, like unique and original your theme song now the club, we normally ask what the club's theme song is but i come across your club theme song today yeah and it's i was expecting it to just sort of be the it's a grand old flag it's not and it has quite possibly one of my favorite endings of a song about doesn't matter if you win or lose you always end up on the booze yeah well, that's, <laughs> that's that's sort of our um i actually don't know like that's a good question i actually don't know the exact history of uh, our theme song but uh, it is great because it it does sort of encapsulate our club on on the whole. Like it, it's we uh, we are a very social club, uh, and so whether or not we uh, we win or lose, we, we sort of always want to be off the field and having a good time and and having a beer and, and not worrying too much about the on field stuff. And and plus, it's it's always great when you've won a grand final and you get that sing that that last bit because uh, it's it's never more sort of potent when you just want a flag to to belt out. You know, let's it, go get a beer and celebrate. So. 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Um, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun to to sing, and uh, I wish I knew the history of it, unfortunately. But um, but it, it is a it, it is quite. Um, it, it's gone through a few changes over the years, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty good one as it is. It is one thing I've enjoyed about speaking to the London clubs and even clubs in Europe in general is the, uh, yeah, it's more about you know, playing footy being serious, but it's also more about the social side with not just your own club, but the other clubs with you. And I think, I reckon if I'm going to go play footy anywhere in the world, mate, I'm going to England because I'm in London because play footy sort of seriously and pretty much most clubs have something about the booze in their theme song up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think so. I think maybe not as obvious as our one, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely in the club culture of every yeah. club. I can guarantee you that much. Yeah. I think the, um, the, why, why I love playing footy over here. And I think why people fall in love with it is because it's not, it's not a different, it, it's not the same vibe as you get playing in, in the clubs back home because over here it's like, it, it sounds pretty cliche, but I, I really believe it's true that it's, it's like a family over here. Um, so when you join a club, whether or not it's our club or any of the other clubs in London, once you join here, like sort of everyone's away from home and away from family and away from sort of the security of of um, of wherever you're from, whether it's Australia or New Zealand or Canada or America, wherever you come from, because um, it's such a transient city in London that once you join the club and join a community, that sort of becomes your little hub. And so the the social side of stuff is really really important because, um, as I said, without those sort of um, those traditional things you'd fall back on um, being back home, having a, a wide group of people here to connect with and to socialise with, go travelling with and play footy with. Um, yeah, it becomes really like a tight-knit community and I'm sure that's not just for us, that's for all the other AFL London clubs here. That's um, It's like a home away from home for a lot of people. So, yeah, the, the social side of stuff is is where, we're, where AFL London does its best work, I think, because um, it really serves as a, a great place for people to you know, feel safe and, and, and have somewhere to come, you know, when, when they come to London, they can come down and join the club and, and they're part of the, uh, part of the woodwork within a couple of weeks. And uh, that happens all the time. Yeah. I think you're either the fourth, the fifth club from AFL London we've spoken to. And it definitely does feel like it's a, a one big family. Now we've mentioned about booze and the social side. Yeah. We're speaking, yeah. we're speaking to a club from AFL London Rifty. It would be rude of us not to ask you, who is the Wandsworth Demons boat race captain? <laughs> boat race captain. Uh, we we rotate it through, to be perfectly honest. But I can say that we've got there's two standouts uh, for us. One's uh, from the girls' side. There's Ice, who is just incredible, necking a pint. And then uh, our resident photographer, Daddy Radis, would always be the if you, if we're going out to win win the boat race, you'd start off with uh, Danny and Ice because they. Uh, mate, they they neck pints quicker than you can ask them to neck a pint. <laughs> like I don't because I'm I am the worst at sculling beer. Like I cannot do it as as a club president. It's no more. There's nothing more embarrassing than getting up in the boat race because I just suck. So I leave it up to the professionals, uh, with these guys. And luckily enough, we have we have plenty of people that uh, <laughs> that have obviously had a lot of practice in <laughs> in doing this art. Because after, like, I'm sure you guys know, but after every um, game, we do a boat race between each club. So um, some may argue that's the real contest is who can win the boat race. So Well, it, it was definitely um, Wimbledon Hawks definitely believed that that was, you know, what they played the games for was pretty much for the boat race after. And... Yeah. yeah, they are very competitive in, in that regard, the Hawks. And they do have a, um, especially, it's very intimidating going down to Mottsburg Park 
uh, to play the Hawks because you know that they've got the social side. They've got a big bar and barbecue down there. And, um, and yeah, they've, they've got a lot of support for the boat race. It's definitely don't, it's a lot of pressure to go up against them. And they've traditionally been pretty good at it. I don't care what you say, Rifty. We're, we're, we're trying to get it going next year, mate. Yeah. I know we're going to get it's going to get frowned upon in our in our league and by people around clubs around Melbourne. But we get it going, mate. We could get two teams back up and going in no time. Well, yeah, yeah. there's no nothing stopping you. We actually did a, a virtual boat race. Um, we did a virtual boat race with the West London Wildcats uh, just to keep it going through lockdown. We did a a, a week long uh, fitness challenge with them um, with uh, riding and running and then finished off with a boat race at the end. So even in lockdown, it didn't stop you know, a couple of clubs in AFL London getting, getting a few beers under them. We just have blokes eat five packs of noodles on our Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's that's the next shot. I guarantee eating five packs of noodles, I reckon that's probably a lot harder than drinking a beer. <laughs> it, oh, mate. It, watching it was hard enough. <laughs> it was disturbing. Hey. It's like eating a dry wheat bix. Like, <laughs> you, hey. you think it's easy, but... He was eating forks of those noodles. Like he was getting a fork of noodles that was almost a whole pack in itself. And he was doing that, for, taking it down as fast as necking a beer. It was uh, disgusting to watch. For some context, we, we jumped on a Zoom call one day and our good mate, Joshy Herford, jumped on with a ball. And I think it was like three or four packs of noodles. And he's just sitting there eating it once. Like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, whatever takeaway they were getting didn't deliver. So all they had in the cupboard was two-minute noodles. So he's just like, well, I'm hungry. So he put three or four packets in there. So the next time we're like, oh, we want to see five. We want to see how many you can get. So... Is this, is this eating dry noodles? This, no, no, no. No, you cook, put, you cook them. Two-minute oh. noodles. In, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like dry noodles wouldn't have been as painful to watch. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, it was more the fact that the bowl was huge and it just didn't end. Like, he was legit getting forks and, like, twisting it around and it looked like a whole pack of noodles on one fork and just kept going. And that's why we're like, how many bloody packs are in this? Gee, sponsored by Maggie Noodles next time, surely. He needs to be. But I'll tell Hopefully you what. He didn't mix the stocks together. It was all just chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was, I think it was beef, I'm pretty sure. It was beef. I think yeah. we had that conversation because a few blokes weren't too happy about that. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. Joshy would be an anchor for our boat race. He, Ooh, he could, he could neck a beer. He can neck oh, a beer. There's got to be a correlation between eating five packets of noodles and drinking a beer, you think. Yeah. Mate, he can neck a beer because I've seen him many a times get sucked into necking a beer because boys <laughs> go, they go, all right, see you at the bottom. No. And he, he necks a beer. No, 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 no. They're no. like, they're no, like on, no, mine was empty. Yeah, no, Rifty. He <laughs> would, Rifty, he would say, meet you at the bottom. <laughs> and they'll and go, yeah, no worries. Yeah. And he's just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, telling no, you, he'd, he'd be the anchor well, for the boat if, race. If he's keen to play in London, we'd love to have him. <laughs> he can just come over and just be an expert, expert pint drinker. Well, we're going to need to go through our boat race team, mate. We'll work out our club, work out our boat race team. I've got me and Josh in there guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll have to try and find... Because it's also about who else wants to actually do it. Because a lot of blokes are like, oh, I'm too much of a pussy, rah, rah, rah. That type <laughs> yeah. of thing. Or if you mean, if you can't scull. That's different. Yeah. That's different. you got the blokes that just... I just like, oh no, what we'll do? <laughs> I can't. I don't drink, and I can't skull, so that that leaves me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, our runner, our runner, you Dinger. Yeah, you, can yeah. cocks, you can do the cocks of the boat race, then. Right? You'd have yeah. Dinger in there, oh, for sure. Mate, but come on, let's get in. Wandsworth yeah. Demons. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll sort this out in the intro. 
Yeah, yeah. All good. All good. All right. So you've been the club's been going for thirty years. Uh, you haven't been there for all thirty of them, obviously. But so, how did you go in your first season over there, and and how many players were at the club then? Uh, so I first joined in 2015, um, and back then, and 2015 was also the same year that the women were first introduced to AFL London. So it was actually quite a quite a good time to join, um, because yeah, it was quite a vibrant sort of atmosphere to be a part of. And back then we had four teams, uh, and then two, uh, and then we we now we've got five. We've got two women's teams. Uh, and yeah, it was it was just a great time. Like I, to be honest, joining the club from being back home it was sort of stark contrast. As I mentioned about the social side, it was um, yeah, it was really quite an impactful um, thing to see how much of how big it was over here. And because we, I think we at that time we would have had about 140 members, um, paid members, but you know the periphery sort of people around there would probably grow it out, grow it out to about you know, 200 people when, and now we've sort of increased the membership by 30 odd um, since then. So yeah, it sort of just gro- sort of grows each, each year um, as it goes on. No, that's awesome. Um, so what about back home? Where, where did you play back in Australia? Uh, I, played How long? Once, I, I played at university and played at school. And then before I moved over here, I, I've got three bro- brothers who played in the VAFA and they, um, a couple of my brothers, they all played A grade, I, I think. I think Damo did. Um, they so Jared played for Scobs uh, in the Vaffa and PJ was the Bernards, and then Damo ironically enough played for Xavier, uh, and then as the as PJ and Jared were sort of getting older, they thought they might um, join a you know a lower division club for one year. So and I thought well look if I haven't played so I might as well jump out of the woodwork and uh, and make it a four brothers in one club um, scenario for the year. So we played for the Richmond Centrals. Uh, which are a great club in, I think they're in Div 4 now in the, uh, in the Vapa. Uh, and, and yeah, so it was just us four brothers playing together. I mean, I was, I was, I'm slightly better now, but I was no good then. So I struggled to get a game uh, at the Richmond Centrals. But thankfully, um, I guess they, they gifted me a couple of games during the mid-season against some lower opponents and managed to kick a goal, which was, I was pretty happy with. I haven't kicked a goal for a while. This is back in 2014 now. And, uh, and yeah, and then the the boys made it to the grand final that year, which I flew back. My mother actually flew because I flew over to London before the finals, and then Mum rang me up and I actually paid for my flight home because I had no money back then. Uh, and I was surprised the boys to to um, witness them playing the grand final, and they lost by a couple of goals. So um, not even me traveling halfway across the world could have could have helped them out, unfortunately. But I was running water for the day, so I did my bit. Um, but uh, yeah, great club, the Richmond Centrals. I got a lot of time from. Still keep in touch with them and. Um, yeah, they've always been good to us. So yeah, right. record, if, if, yeah, they're a great club. Right. There's nothing more I like Rifty than when we speak to people and there's like a connection. I was speaking to a couple of people in a night. There's a connection between them people. So we just got off a chat with Jason Hill from Cross Coders, as you we mentioned beforehand. And he, yep. when we told him which at the Wandsworth Demons, he said, tell him whatever he said. I can't remember what he said. Time to get stuffed. Yeah, time to get stuffed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> was, he, was, he was it was a get stuffed? Or was it yeah. a little bit? No, no. Yeah, Zal, forget about them. Yeah. They're our rivals, so we don't care about them. <laughs> and he, he yeah. said that because he was a Wimbledon hawk. Yeah. You're rubber. But he actually plays at Richmond Centrals. Oh, does he? So that's the, that's the, I, I just, I love when we have that little connection between guests. That, well, that does. Yeah. 
six degrees of separation that's there. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, that's that's nice to know. Um, yeah. A couple of the de- ex Demons boys have gone to play for them, just not through any connection, but just uh, just through chance. And so, yeah, it's nice to have that that connection. Or yeah. maybe, um, yeah, that's uh, that's quite nice. Yeah, they're <laughs> a good club down there, Richmond Centrals. That. Um, so so yeah. in, an, in another life they would have been teammates, but well, in, in another life we would have been best mates. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's uh, you have to play for the Wolves. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, he probably would have played against uh, Jason a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we would have been then it would have been teammates. So uh, it's yeah. funny how things work. Um, you know, your allegiances allegiances will change uh, depending on who you play for. So oh, they, certainly, they certainly you wouldn't, so- want it, you wouldn't want it any other way. No, exactly right. But I just, I do, whenever we have like three or four interviews on a night and there's just a connection places, I just, I love it. Um, so what yeah. position did you, what position did you play and do you play? Uh, so I'm, I'm a backman. Um, so I play down, I've, I've cemented my spot in the, we call them the super threes at our club. They're the, the socials. Um, so it's basically a, a spot for a lot of the older boys to, um, to come down and play. So a few of the boys used to play in the premiership team would, would play, now that sort of mid thirties, they just play the socials. So it's like 15 minute quarters and um, doesn't, doesn't get taken all that seriously. So yeah, I've been lucky enough to play uh, in three premierships now with the, with the threes and yeah, short up a, a spot in the back line where, um, I, you know, for a guy that's not highly skilled, I do more of my talking with my fists, just uh, coming in from behind and just, uh, just doing the one percenters. That's what I'm known for guys, not for my silky smooth. That's for sure. <laughs> Silky moves, I should say. That's right. Not everyone can be silk. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You get it called once in your life, my buddy Bob Murphy, and you eat it up, mate, don't you? Oh, you know, again, it's just the throwbacks there. But anyway, (laughs) so you mentioned mentioned the women's team started 2015 when you you first came to the club. Um, How have the women's gone um, throughout the last couple of years? Yeah, like, at, to be honest, great. Like, it's been uh, a pretty wonderful thing to see um, how quickly the women's game has grown over here. I think, like, I'm trying to take my AFL London hat off, but I think it's sort of grown faster than it even did back home because over here it grew from one division to two divisions within two years. Um, and then we've got a second second women's team. The Western and Wildcats have a second women's team. And the North London Lions were planning on having a second women's team for next year, but we'll see what happens with all the COVID stuff. But um, and to we've had a we've had a few experienced women come over and play with us, but the majority of our sort of recruits have been just people that are brand new to the sport um, that have never played Aussie rules, but they've always wanted to play Aussie rules, and now they've sort of got that opportunity, especially being over in London because it's that's quite a um, it's not a sort of as intense an environment as it would be back home. So, um, yeah, it's and it's great. It's just a wonderful thing to to see. Like it, it, it's grown from strength to strength. The the women's game and they're having so many new women come into the sport that have never heard of it or never played it um, that can come in and 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 contribute is uh, a wonderful thing. And so hopefully this keeps growing and growing each year. And I think it will because um, yes, they're they're a really good driving force behind behind AFL London. Um, and we are one of the first teams to, to join him um, in 2015. I have to give a, a shout out to Kate Grabowski, who uh, was the, is a life member of our club now, but she sort of pioneered it all. Uh, and yeah, so it's just grown year on year. So it's been a great thing to see. And it's been a, a welcome addition 
um, to our club for sure. Yeah, so you, you said at the start of that answer that you want to take your AFL London hat off, mate. Leave it on because everyone that we've spoken to, it is safe to say that the women's game has grew, grown quicker in England, Europe, and all of Europe than it did in Australia. So, you know, you, you, you want to try and be diplomatic and yeah. not, pump, not pump up AFL England and London too much, but no, I think you definitely should have it on, mate, because you, yeah, from the sounds of it, AFL London. England and all of AFL Europe definitely picked the game up in the women's side of it a lot quicker than Australia did. Yeah, and I think like I think there's a f- probably a few reasons for that, but I think the main reason is because it's so social and transient, and things change in AFL London so regularly that in order to, to bring a women's competition in, it just didn't like it. It wasn't a hassle; it just occurred because you know it's such a social um, sort of environment where we didn't probably have the pressures of back home and sort of the long history of of there not being you know sort of um cemented women's competitions back home not to the degree that there is now of course um and so yeah so i think it's the the culture of afl london here definitely helped um grow the sport and grow up quickly because it's you know it was just it was so easy to to do um yeah and as i said to watch it grow over here has been it's been exponential growth which has been great yeah that's um Again, we, we just spoke to uh, Jason from CrossCoders and he sort of mentioned about it as well that it's sort of parallel with the AFLW starting up and having that professional um, version of the game out there that for, for girls to aspire to. It sort of brought a bit more attention to it, so it's helped to grow the game over there a bit as well. Where um, We've spoken to a fair few girls now from uh, you know the Greater Britain and... You know, their favourite football players were all females playing the sport. You know, they hadn't really heard of it before AFLW even existed. So that's been great to see the the women's game growing over there. And hopefully, you know, you might not get uh, produce any AFLW players at the Wandsworth Demons, but you might produce a few AFLW players. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I can't. There won't be many too many AFL players. I wouldn't think. Um, a lot of people come over here to end their careers, not to start. Them. <laughs> um, but uh, that we actually, you know, funny you mention that we did. So Jess Edwards used to play for us, uh, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she's still. Yeah, she's still on the Carlton Carlton list at the, on the AFLW, um, and she was an absolute gun over here. She was one of our founding um, members, so. It's good to see her sort of get um, get recognised in the the professional league back home, and I think the Wimbledon Hawks actually um, they've got a couple of girls that um, that played for them in their first year. Now one of them's at the Bulldogs, and the other one I think is at Hawthorne as well. So there has been sort of a bit of a connection between AFL London and and the competition back home, which uh, which is nice to see. Yeah, awesome. All right, now. When we were researching a club, there was something awesome that we came across. And, mate, I, I've been dying to get into this set, dog. So get into it now, mate. Let's let's yeah, talk about you, it. You've done better than me, mate. I wanted to get this from the start. But I'm like, no, no, I better find out a bit about the club beforehand. So what Rift is alluding to is what your club done for Fight MND. Um, your, yourself and um, Danny, who you mentioned earlier, went on a you know, a 24-hour walk. Um, yeah. You've done pies in the faces, bucket challenge, a, you know, a shit ton of merch you guys sold, beanies, socks. Um, why, 
first question, why so heavily on freeze them and day, like freeze them and day and fight them and day. Um, and as someone who has actually lost somebody from M and I tip my cap for you and for the work you've done. And like, as much as it's a good cause, 24 hour walk, like what, what, what brought that on? <laughs> uh, we'll get to the walk. <laughs> uh, I, but, I have uh, a lot of questions about that walk. Yeah. But so do I, and I did it. Um, so, I th- so it started in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Gabby Duncan is a former member of our club. Um, she was quite close with the Danaher family. And I think this was the, the first year after. They did the big freeze, the first big freeze in the C, and then the next year we did our, oh, sorry, big freeze in the G. And then we call our event a big freeze on the C. C stands for clap and comment. Um, and so Gabby started off and just came, um, I wasn't part of the, leadership group then but she came to then president jimmy perrot and, and asked if she could put this fundraiser on and of course we said yes um we love doing that kind of stuff and it started off you know um just on the comments you know a raffle a bake sale uh and we raised a few a couple thousand pound for it on the first year maybe it was three or four thousand pound i think um can't remember now but and then from then it's just it's blossomed out of it and so personally from my end like i hadn't really come in I didn't know too much about um, motor neuron disease until uh, this. we started doing this for the club. And, and what I found out, and it's funny, not funny, but it's uh, interesting that you mentioned that, Ricky, that you've um, got a connection to it. Because And what we've discovered is there's so many people that have a connection to this disease that um, it didn't really have this, this heightened focus until a few years ago. And a couple of our club members um, have lost family members to it. Um, one of our club members... Um, his father, Jess Huxtable, um, is currently suffering suffering from it. And to have these personal connections around the club sort of really cemented it in sort of our ethos and, and cultures is something that we're really passionate about. And now, like, it's something that I'm, I'm personally quite attached to, even though I, I don't have a personal um, connection to it. It's, um, and many other people around the club are just, just to see how this disease has affected so many people and... Um, and, to, and a lot of the club members have shared their stories with us um, and come down and address the club and, um, and have done all these wonderful things to, you know, to share their, their grief and, and trauma of what they've been through and, um, and help inspire us um, to put as much effort into this um, fundraiser as possible. Uh, and so, yeah, it's really blossomed in the last few years. And, and this year, like, we're a little bit concerned as to what to do because... Usually, we'd, we'd be on the common, we'd have a bar, we'd have a bake sale, we'd have a raffle, the other clubs would be involved. It'd be like a big song and dance on a, on a one day um, in the middle of the year, um, around about the June 8th. Sort of, we do it in coincide with the big freeze in the G. Um, and this year, we obviously couldn't do that. So we had to really rethink it. And we had uh, Renee Frizzell and um, Phoebe Schmidt, who um, two of our um, club members as well, they put their hands up to, to run it. And... We came across like this idea of a of a month long sort of fitness focused um, campaign, and to sort of help um, alleviate sort of the mental health side of things that a lot of the members were suffering, promote them to um, sort of inspire them to go out and, and exercise as well as raise money for the charity, um, and that's sort of where it, it born out. It was born out of, and we had multiple events throughout this month long campaign. We had an online trivia. Um, our fine masters did an online fine masters where they just went through and just just went through and absolutely poleaxed the many many people in the club to raise money for it. We had people that uh, that did a bake sale and they hand delivered all the baked goods. We had one of our members, Kieran Howlett, bought um, I think he must have been like forty or sixty beanies 
and shipped them to us um, free of charge. And then we on-sold them to members of the club. Um, we have other merch that we sold. Um, one of the girls did a 21-kilometer walk in silence. Um, I think there were seven of them um, walked all through London without saying a word to each other on a Saturday, after, Saturday morning to raise funds. Um, myself and Danny did a 24-hour walk. And then there was other sort of little fitness challenges that people did, such as if you, uh, if you donated 10 quid, um, members would have to do one lap of Clapham Common uh, and that kind of stuff. And so it actually ended up surprising us, raising more money than we've ever raised in the past, particularly due to like the financial sort of stresses that everyone's feeling and, um, and the current sort of, you know, the pandemic that's going on to, um, to have the club sort of, you know, still have that drive to um, and not lose focus on a cause that we've been so um, passionate about last few years is, was really quite um, quite a great thing to see the club, you know, band together like that, especially in, in a time like this when sort of, you know, having a feel-good story or, um, or doing something positive can really change people's sort of mental health and, um, and that was sort of our focus this year. So, yeah, we're, like, we're really proud of it. We didn't expect to, to, you know, raise as much money as we did or get the expo or get any exposure for it. It was just for us to have something to do as a club and, and bring us together. So yeah, 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 we're really happy with it. So well, well you said the net dog. Oh get get your beanie joke out of the way. No no no. <laughs> you said she walked twenty was it twenty one Ks without talking in silence? Yeah and a lot if of I the was, girls if I was doing twenty one Ks I wouldn't be able to talk. I'd be freaking <laughs> too stuffed. <laughs> See, when he said that I'm like, I'd have to get myself like really worked up over something really, really trivial in the morning. I don't <laughs> want to talk to anybody. Yeah, but two Ks, I'd be, I'd be puffing like you wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't be able to talk anyway. So. Well, a lot of the, the girls that did it, I think the reason, because a lot of them are quite talkative, uh, a lot of these girls. And so um, going 21 kilometres in silence, I think it took them three or, I can't remember, three or four hours. But, uh, uh, but, it was, but that again was, it was another event that sort of, um, it was meant to sort of uh, reflect sort of, um, mental health and, and not talking about mental health and so it was more like um, sort of coinciding those two things but and also the girls that did it were um, were fantastic and you know they're they're quite a social bunch so when they've got seven of them walking together without having to say anything for three four hours um, you know it, I think there were a few words exchanged when someone fell over and uh, someone had to go get food or something like that but, uh, but yeah generally it was uh, and then at the end of it they all did an ice bucket challenge on on the common as well to finish off so they're fully committed. Yeah, it, it's something that your club should be very proud of. So it's so what you you raised fifteen thousand dollars this year, which brings your five year tally to forty five thousand dollars to raise money for fighting. That's just that that's amazing. That's something that you should very be very proud about. And now I want to get to your twenty four hour walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched the video. One thing I noticed is the change in clothing. Now, you're in a <laughs> yeah. Western Bulldogs jump. I think you had a Westlakes jumper on. You uh, had a North London Lions jumper on. Our friends across there. What was up with the change of uh, the change of apparel? Was there a you know sort of pay for a certain amount of time in it? Or yeah, exactly. So so what Danny and I uh, we had a, a few different things to uh, to sort of help raise money. And one of them was you could for sixty quid you could put you could dress us up in anything you wanted for an hour. So there was like an All Blacks kit. Um, there was a North London kit. Um, there was we were in Budgie Smugglers for an hour. Uh, Danny chucked on the West Lakes. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's a there's a couple others that I'm missing. 
Uh, oh, my, my brother paid for me to wear a Liverpool shirt and a Bombers shirt, um, just as a double whammy of things that I hate. Uh, and so there's a few other bits and pieces, but the, the most popular one we found was uh, for 20 quid, people could pick what music we listen to for an hour. And so we thought people would generally take this pretty, pretty fairly. Um, but within the first couple of hours, we had twenty. We had an hour of uh, Rebecca Black's Friday on repeat. We had an hour of Peppa Pig on repeat. Uh, was there was a? I'm forgetting what the other one was. There's another. Oh, so I made it my Matt Matt Resson, who who dates my housemate, funnily enough. Um, he's come up to me and uh, and so I was like, "What's what's one song that you that you just can't stand, just out of the blue?" And I'm going, "Mate, I really can't." St- my ha- most hated song is that, you know that song about, um, uh, let's see, oh, I can't remember it now. What's the, oh, all about that bass. He's going, oh yeah, do you know that song? He's going, yeah, I, I can't stand that song. He's going, great. That's going to be an easy 20 quid for me to spend. So we had to spend an hour listening to All About That Bass by Megan Trainer. But then people started sort of giving us some nicer stuff. We had Meatloaf and Michael Bolton. One of the guys put together like a, an hour of like heavy metal power, power metal that uh, Danny and I both enjoy. So uh, yeah, it was, it was quite good. We had um, one of the other girls made us um, listen to the Conwood theme song for an hour, but um, we, we got those ones out. We got those ones out early, so we could put the good stuff, good stuff later. Like one of the guys gave us a, an hour of System of a Down and and things that Danny and I quite enjoy listening to. So, but it was great. And so, but people were really <laughs> were really enthusiastic about. Um, trying, trying to, to, over there, trying yeah, to torture you as much as they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're walking for 24 hours. Um, yeah. Nothing worse than having to chuck on Megan Trainer for an hour at 12 o'clock <laughs> at night. It's a smart way of doing it. My sister done a uh, ride to conquer cancer a few years ago, and she done the same thing for I think it was every I think it was a 20k ride. So for every 10k or for an hour, you pay 20 bucks or 30 bucks, and she'd wear what she wanted. And yeah. me being me, I paid the 30, 20, 30 bucks and made a me sand down jumper. So yeah, you know, I, made, I, I made sure it was on the very first. Like at one point she had one of them aprons with the, the boobs on it. She had that for, for 10 days. <laughs> so that, and that was her fiance that paid that money. So that was uh, well worth it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but, yeah, um, um, so you mentioned the Wimbledon Hawks uh, earlier. They actually donated because we had another thing there. We, we could write. So on Strava, you can sort of write your name. You can write things in Strava and then save them. Um, and so the Wimbledon Hawks paid us to write Wimbledon Hawks Club of the Year 2017, 18 and 19 <laughs> in the comments. So I got to the Wimbledon Hawks part and this is, a, this is about 11.30 at night and I was, I was battling at this point. Um, and then for the rest of it, I just sort of did a scribble underneath and then said it was in cursive. Uh, and thankfully, the Wimbledon Hawks were um, good natured enough to, to pay up um, the full money for it. So yeah, it was, it was good and it was great to see um, you know, AFL London clubs, clubs get behind it as well. So it was a, yeah, it was a sort of great event. It, I, I wouldn't recommend walking for 24 hours to anyone ever because if you ever think it's an easy thing to do, I couldn't walk properly for about two weeks afterwards and my body was just in lockdown from... Uh, it, was, uh, it was quite taxing on the body, more so than I uh, anticipated. I'd go for an hour walk every morning and that's enough for me. Yeah, um, yeah. No, think, you guys, you guys did an amazing job, and it's um, awesome that you've able to create new ways. Uh, you know, uh, even though it was a year that you sort of threw plans into into disarray with everything going on, that you've been able to go bigger and better and do something like that. Um, 
don't get any ideas at dog because we're not walking for 24 hours or <laughs> you know um well you, hear me. Well, i just you said know. i walk for an hour and i'm like <laughs> there's You'd, you'd be surprised. There's, there's no two more people more. There's no two people more stubborn than Danny and myself to get get us to it. But, but thankfully, there was another great example. Like we had people come down and, and make us meals, um, and deliver us food and drink throughout the whole night. And we actually throughout the whole 24 hours, we were never alone. So even through the early hours, we had members of the club come down and, and walk with us or or stay at, at our little camp we had going. Um, and so it was great. We yeah we, we spent 24 hours walking, but none of it was spent um alone which is yeah sort of a great um you know sort of so the sort of culture around the club that we all get behind each other and um and and support each other in that way especially when it's at 2 a.m in the morning and you know yeah you can barely walk right so it was was a good thing to do i would never ever do it again that's for sure (laughs) oh well when we're talking about long walks and everything, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention a player that played in our league, Jake Ward, who did a 1,500-kilometre walk to cure cancer a couple of years ago. Um, so a 1,500-kilometre walk? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, run. So he... Um, He's crazy. He went from Cranbourne, where we are, to... Uh, no, sorry, he went from the Gold Coast back to Cranbourne. So 1,500Ks he did over... a couple of weeks i think it was um, a couple of weeks yeah so uh, it was it was like pretty much i think it was like 12 hours a day wasn't it nine hours a day yeah it was pretty much yeah he'd spent spent a whole day running and walking um and yeah it was only a few weeks ago that was sort of the um you know uh, anniversary of that that walk he did back in uh 2016 and uh, i i couldn't even imagine doing the 21 k's let alone the 1500 k's but wow um it's uh, crazy it's awesome what you guys have done for that and and we love that fact that football clubs and and all around the world are are doing these things to to support causes back home and um you know it's a terrible disease that uh mnd like you said with um having people at your club that have been directly affected by it um would would uh you know make it a bit more motivation for those that you know haven't been affected by it, but it is a um, terrible disease that usually people don't find about until it's too late. Um, yeah. So hopefully, with the Danahers and and clubs like you guys helping support the cause and everyone getting behind it when it it's on the freeze M and D at the G and um, buying the beanies and we you know. The least we did was bought a couple of beanies, and Ed Dog still hasn't got his yet. Um, <laughs> and that, that's no fault. Got a few there, mate. We can send you one. Yeah, right. it might, oh. it might get here first. <laughs> I know why. Didn't, I know why it didn't arrive, and it's not their fault. So it's all good. It's all that's good. Right. Well, at least you, they've got your money, though. That's the most important part. That that's was the exactly. hardest part about. It. I was like, no, you'd ask for a refund, but how can you? That's <laughs> <laughs> an asshole. Um, I will say, I think, and we'll say just one more thing about the M and D over here is that one of the other clubs, uh, the Reading Roos, have just announced that they're doing um, a run from from Reading to London and back again, in in a so just in in Reading, but on the I'm thinking on their oval to raise money for M and D. So um, it's nice to see another club um, get behind the cause as well. Yeah, nice. Uh, all right, so um, you mentioned that you guys are a pretty social club and. Uh, love love a drink and a boat race and all that sort of stuff but what about your sort of formal social events what kind of things do you guys do 
Yeah, well, we've got a few, like we're big on sort of the tradition side of stuff. So we, we have, um, we have multiple events throughout the year. As I said, like, you know, over here, it's so social that people just sort of froth over um, doing anything. So we have like, um, like we've got uh, bi-annual, bi-annual um, pub crawls where we do like 12 pubs at Christmas, um, we do pub golf. And then we've got sort of more formal events where we'd go outside of, um, try to go outside of Clapham area South London area and do like our season launch, which is just you know, like a suit and tie um, event, which we typically try to find a function room somewhere. And then, so the, the, probably the best, uh, my well, my favourite, I'm sure others others would um, probably agree with me, but my personal favourite is vote count day, where you get to dress up as whatever you want in your imagination. And it's just a Brownlow style event, but um, just more focused on sort of having a good time back at our sponsored pub in at O'Neill's um, and dressing up as well. And you get people just, the creativity just goes bananas <laughs> on that day. So uh, that's probably our, our favorite event, the, the vote count, because it, it's at the end, obviously at the end of the season and sort of people can let loose a little bit and, um, uh, and let their imaginations run wild, which is nice to see. Yeah, uh, nice. But yeah, but yeah and, we, and we sort of keep things social throughout the year um, as well. So on Thursday night's training, we'll go back to, to O'Neill's and, uh, and have our team announcements and, and have a team meal and stuff back then. And yeah, obviously the Saturday nights after games are always a big deal. So it's pretty, pretty stock standard uh, around all other clubs, but, um, but it's nice to, yeah, to have that sort of constant sort of social flow throughout the year. So one of the, the other big events a lot of clubs do around the world is Grand Final Day. Um, being that it has been announced that Grand Final Day is going to be a Saturday night, 7 p.m. It's going to make it a bit better for you guys over there. Oh, mate, I can't, like a lot of <laughs> a lot of people who are complaining about there and being a nighttime grand final have clearly never lived in the Northern Hemisphere because it is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like the game doesn't start till 5:30 in the morning, so you'd either get blokes that have gone straight through from the night before, or getting up at um, at 4:30 uh, in, in the morning to get down to the pub. And it's a long, long day on the piss if you start at 5.30 in the morning. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of us are very, very thankful that there's a later start to the game so we can so enjoy a bit of a sleep in. Have you, have you started the plans on something big for that? Uh, well, at the moment, we're planning on going back. So it's still sort of um, a little bit up in the air what we can do sort of uh, it's socially with COVID restrictions. Um, but yeah, our sponsor pub O'Neill's, we, that's where we, um, we held it last year. Uh, so we'll hopefully do that again, but it, it'd obviously be socially distanced and ticketed and, um, and at tables where it won't be as, we had about 350 people there in the pub last year, just all crammed into the one um, area. So yeah, it'll be different this year, but uh, yeah, definitely there'll be some, there'll be some def- uh, good parties going on. I think other clubs have sort of made arrangements as well, but. Yeah, the earlier start's going to be uh, a lot more palatable for the uh, people over here, I think, which is which is going to be a nice uh, a nice change. Yeah, well, Ed Dog sort of he's not too happy because he's he's going to have to pace himself and not get on the beers too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't two things. I don't know how I'm going to not start drinking at nine thirty in the morning as I do in most grand final days. <laughs> and I was actually speaking to my wife today. I'm like, okay, so with restrictions in Melbourne at the moment who knows what grand final day is going to look like, which makes it very, very hard for me to nut down my list of about 40 people that normally arrive for grand final day. So I'm going to need to send out an email and a letter being like, I need your reasons why you should be attending grand yeah. final day. 
what you bring to the table, but, you know, pros and cons of why I need you. Because if I'm having a grandfather day is my favorite day of the year and I pride yeah. myself on a very, very extravagant day. So I, I can't have people bringing it down if I can only have like 10 to 15 people. But it's okay, Rifty, mate. You're, you're on the list. It's all good. Uh, nice. <laughs> well, you might just need to do like a sort of an MCC ballot sort of setup. You, uh, everyone, everyone puts in their money and then you just draw them out of a hat. Yeah, and either way, you, as the MCC set up, they get their money regardless. And then, yeah, I might, I might rig it for you a few spots, but hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, you, you've got it, you've got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so you typically host your host it at your house, do you? It's, yeah, I, I go. It's the one day of the year where so so. Yeah, it's one day of the year when my wife knows not to ask me for anything because I will spend all my paycheck on decorations and making sure, like, uh, you know, do a, you know, uh, you know, a spit or some lamb rolls or something like that. And normally at the back, so I, I literally take the Friday. So we get a public holiday, I'm sure, as you're aware. Yeah. I yeah. take that Friday to set up my house for Grand Final Day. There's balloons throughout the house. It's a. Uh, it's an It's an amazing event. It's my favourite day. So for I might, event, I might fly back for this. This sounds too good. Oh, mate! This <laughs> finally someone wants to go to my grandfather party. Well, you're yeah, gonna have to. you have to come two weeks early. You get through. I don't want to fly all the way over in two weeks of quarantine and not even get yeah. to the party. <laughs> now no, I pride myself on grand. When we, when myself and my wife brought our house, I said to her, "I'm like, I don't give a shit about Christmases, New Year's. I don't. As long as you are aware that grandfather day every year." Is at my house, our house. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And now she started to like sort of embrace it and enjoy the day as much as I have. So, did you put that in your vows? Just to have the oh. whole grand final day every year. <laughs> so, I reckon I could have stuck it in there. She would have noticed, actually. <laughs> should have been. Should have been. Oh, well. Um, well, hopefully, you make it through to the uh, 7 p.m. kickoff, mate. It'd be a shame if you. As long as I say the halftime sprint, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's going to be good over here. At least um, it'll be a lot less stressful on uh, on people in London, that's for sure. Grand final sprint was the highlight of the second half uh, for last year's grand final. That's the highlight of the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so who do you follow in the AFL? Uh, well, I follow, I'm a doggies man. Uh, been following him for most of my life. And, yeah, so I was lucky enough to get go to the doggies grand final I, I flew back for it um, from London to, to go in 2016. Uh, and if I ever have kids, they've just got to understand and it doesn't matter what they do, they'll remain the best day of my life. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing to go down and watch the team that has thoroughly been beaten, pillar the post for most of my life, win a flag. So, yeah, um, not, they're not going too well this year, but hopefully we can sneak into the eight. Um, <laughs> depends what happens tomorrow morning against the Eagles. So, yeah, it's a, a labour of love being a Doggies fan, but I wouldn't want it any other way. That's I, right. I, I do understand how he means about if he has kids. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Melbourne Victory fan and me and my best mate Nathan flopped the Newcastle watching win a grand final. And uh, he still tells my wife, Kelly, that um, me marrying her will still always be the second best day of my life behind that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just it's the unfortunate truth, though. Like, you, you, you travel up to, New, to Newcastle to watch your team win a premiership, win a championship. It's it's, a, it's always going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's true. And like Again, the, he said, like flying all the way from London as well was, was quite a was quite a risky thing to do. It's nice to see a, a risk pay off, whereas typically <laughs> they don't they don't turn out that way. So it, it, it done better than the Richmond uh, the Richmond Central's risk. 
Well, yeah, but like, yeah, this is true. This is true. So maybe I got my karma. And luckily, like two of my brothers are Doggies fans as well. So um, I think they probably would have preferred the Doggies win the flag rather than the Richmond Centrals. I think if you, if you ask them. Uh, unfortunately, my other brother Jared is is an Essendon fan, so um, I, I could have been on the I could have been on the opposite end of that and been Essendon fan all my life and, and not win a not win a final for the last ten years. So it could always be worse. So it's yeah, been, exactly. It's, it's been fun. It could have been worse, but <laughs> chose the right team. Yeah, well, well, the right team chose me, depending on how you how you view it. Oh, I got, my, bit... I got my, my tattoo of the premiership as well, which which. Uh, Greatly annoyed my mum, so I was uh, I was happy with that. It was just good, just enough to uh, to get that one under my mum. Nice. All right, who's your, who's your favourite player of all time then? Uh, look, uh, the, I remember so when I was in year three, uh, I had a teacher called Jane Libertore, and I was a big doggies fan then. And Jane was at the time married to Tony Libertore, and I I think at that point, year three, you're what you're twelve years old. I think at that point, I just started really getting uh, an affection for, for the way Tony Libertore went about it. So uh, I remember I walked into class one day and, and had my, my Bulldogs, my Footscray jersey at the time, um, with 39 on the back and, and asked Jane to, um, uh, to pass on to Tony. And two weeks later, came back fully signed. Uh, and I've still got it at home as well. Um, I've still kept it. So it's a nice little memory to have. And I just loved how... Liver just went about it. He was always just a nuggety little um, smallest player in the field. And uh, I know that he had that run in with Matthew Knights. And, you know, this, he had a whole, just a whole history as a Brownlow medalist as well. He technically kicked the goal that should have put us through in the 1997 prelim final against Adelaide. But uh, look, I'm not hold, I don't hold grudges, but that was definitely a goal. They needed the goal line technology for that day. Uh, that was obviously one of the worst days of my life. I was up in Yarrawonga at the time with my family. and. It's a very visual memory, but uh, yeah. But, and then just to see how Tom Libertore um, has, uh, has come up as well as a father-son. And uh, our family sort of melded with the Libertores a little bit. Um, we grew up in Essendon, and so we um, were quite, some of my brothers were quite close to, to um, one of the sons. And um, so it's like a, a bit of a family connection there as well. But, uh, but yeah, definitely growing up as a kid, watching Liber smash three packs and... Uh, and do what he did best was was definitely uh, it's definitely remained with me. And so my my first ever number over in um, London was thirty nine uh, for for Libba. So uh, even all my basketball numbers for the Aberfeldy Jets were thirty nine as well. So yeah, I'd um, you stuck with me for sure. Yeah, my old man actually played with Tony Liberatore a few oh, a few years back now in the in the Masters comp. Uh, Tony was oh, right. yeah. was the um, coach of the team at the time the the over 50s i think it was and so they have a carnival every year and he was the coach of the vicks at the time so yeah, oh, yeah. how'd they, how they go, go about in the masters is, is a full contact in the masters Do they... oh, mate, yeah, yeah mate this they're going all the way up to over 55s and they yeah mate, they love it they still keep going they they have a big carnival every year and they yeah right How's the, how's the skills and the fitness there for a bunch of 50-year-olds playing Aussie rules? Oh, it's, it's dropped off a little bit, but most of the guys that are still playing are, are reasonably skillful. Um, yeah, when you've got plenty of ex-AFL players that are still running around, um, like I play over 35s now, and there's over 40s, over 45s, over 50s, and I think they're going to start over 55s in Victoria. 
All right. So That's there's, great. Um, yeah, and there's there's the likes of Cuda running around still, and oh, yeah. there's few few ex Bulldogs players running around as well. Oh, Cuda Cuda came and visited our, our club a few years ago. Popped down for a session, trying to trying to sell Herbalife. I think he was trying to uh, flog off at yeah. the time. <laughs> yep, that's good. Herbalife. Yeah, I suggest yep. both Herbalife. No, Herbalife. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he came down to a train session, and um, it was great at the train session. And sort of had to do the sales pitch uh, afterwards to uh, to us back at the pub. But uh, yeah, it was good to have him down. <laughs> it was good value. Uh, all right. Um, I think it's now time to start throwing your teammates under the bus. Yeah, all right. Well, let's uh, let's see what we can manage. <laughs> all right, what do you got, it, Doug? All right. So, who at the Demons would you say is the class clown? Well, I I couldn't think about this because I've got you've got our fine masters, Jared Wardlow and, and Mitch Harold, who uh, are just pests because they just um, they just dig under the skin of the Demons to find all the good dirt, all the good. They're the they're the, the epicenter of all the gossip around the club because. Everyone goes to them uh, with all the dirty, with all the juicy goss around, you know, who's who's going with who and who's done what on the weekend. So I'll, I'll put them on. I'll put them under the radar. But uh, for the girls' side of things, uh, Kiwi Anna, Anna Miskimmon, uh, she's just a relentless force uh, on out on a night out. Uh, she actually went home to uh, New Zealand for a couple of months and then came back over here. Uh, only a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, I've just had to come back to London, uh, you know, to, to chill out and, and to escape the hectic uh, New Zealand lifestyle and, and this hasn't stopped on the piss since. So I don't reckon she's, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of the girls would agree that Kiwiana, she's the, uh, definitely the life of the party, that's for sure. Always got a smile on her face and a, and a you know, a funny comment to say. She's a, yeah, very good, very good to have around the club. So, she, so she could be the front runner for the next one, which is who's the party animal? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I think Miss might take that. There'd be a lot of people that would that would think that they're um, that they're the party animal. There's a lot of people think that they'd take the, the cake on this, but I'd have to say that um, we've got old, old man Finton McGrath. Um, he's not old; he's 28, but he looks about 60. Um, probably because that he just gives it a, he gives it a fair tilt on most weekends. Um, and so he's a, he's not like a you know a rager party, but he's just a long stayer. He's he's a, he's a workhorse. So he'll be there from he'll be, be there from uh, sunrise to sunset uh, most most days. So I'd say that yeah, Finton would definitely give uh, a lot of people a run for their money in terms of uh, being out in the grog. So uh, and I think not many not many people would disagree with that. He's a, yeah he's a he's a force onto himself. That boy is he's a young killer. Just, just keep, that, can go all night. That's all right. It's a, yeah, yeah, go all yeah. night and uh, doesn't have an off switch, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately for some, not for him. He, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. mind too much. He <laughs> keeps going. All right, what about the person that just takes the game far too serious? Uh, look, from the service, you'd go... Well, we've got a lot of Irish boys that play for the rest of a lot of English boys. And uh, I think if I'm going to pick one person, I have to be one of our Irish lads, uh, Alan Tobin who just would not... In, <laughs> we got a grand final. Uh, we got a grand final week last week. And so it's a final training session before um, before we train. And then we're, we're doing a bit of like a three-man weave. And then Tobin, in his, he, he, he's got a great passionate bloke, but just gets over the hip and shoulders. Uh, it was Darcy Looker at the time and just absolutely squares <laughs> him right, right in the chest, just to, as we're sort of just warming up. 
just on the day, and it had a bit of a uh, it really reverberated around the club because Darcy's a sort of he he takes things very very seriously as well. So I mean, you've got there's like a an unstoppable force meet an immovable object on the eve of grand final day. <laughs> these two boys, these two boys going at it. So, um, and then Darcy, I think would you'd say that he's takes it way too seriously. We had a um, we had a preseason sort of carnival thing set up uh, early in the year, and you know Darcy gets up and he he was he was um, he was coaching one of the teams. He's going, hey boys, look, let's just not take it too seriously. Don't go out there to hurt anyone. Uh, you know, we're it's a club friendly. Um, let's just, you know, have a bit of fun out there. And within two minutes, he was laying people out from behind <laughs> and taking things far too seriously. So I think, uh, yeah, from those those two boys um, meeting on on the eve of grand final day was, was quite a quite an event to see. Uh, yeah, but you need those blokes around the club, the guys that just um, take a little bit too seriously. But they're also the boys you want on the field because you know they'll they'll back you up. So yeah, so I think those boys definitely. Yeah, nice. All right. What about the? Who's the one person you wouldn't want to have to share a room with on a trip away? Uh, I did have to. I did have to ask the girls about this because I have. I haven't been on the trip away with the girls, uh, but uh, and with a resounding result uh, from the girls' side of things, Laura Keeley, uh, or LK as she's affectionately called, um, was was top of the list. Uh, there was there's a, a video that's been sort of filmed where she thought she lost her phone, but she had the phone on her the whole time and. Um, she was in tears for 15 minutes just on a on a footy trip and running absolute muck around the joint trying to find this phone. Uh, and then generally just she's, uh, from what the girls can tell, she's a bit of a menace out there. So she's a, a liability at, at the best of times uh, out in the grog, good old, uh, good old LK. And for the boys' side of things, I'd have to, I had to think about this and I had to think um, probably Ed Hooper. Um, he was one of the coaches of our women's team last year. Uh, at, we were in Malta for end of season footy trip for the boys in August last year. Uh, and Ed managed to get inside one of the foot lockers that are underneath the beds and lock himself in there. Um, but the only issue was that he actually had his key card on him inside the lockbox to get him out. And so we're trying to take, take apart this bed to try and get this bloke out. And we're there for about 15 minutes trying to like unscrew stuff and lift things up and try and get him out. And in the meantime, he's sort of thrashing about in his foot locker. So we had to sort of sheepishly go down to um, to uh, the hostel stuff and just ask him to come up and, and let the poor bloke out. He was in there for about 15 minutes and it was like a, a little baby deer coming out, <laughs> stepping out of the uh, out of the footlocker. So, uh, and then, yeah, obviously he's a little bit of reliability as well. So, yeah, I'll chuck, I'll chuck uh, Hoops and LK under the bus there for sure. Oh, that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just multiple for end of season shit, why not? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, it's quite a picturesque location to go. That's that's a good thing about uh, you know playing uh, footy over here. You can your footy trips go from um, go from going to Ballarat to to Mykonos, you know, <laughs> you can, or Barcelona sure. or, or somewhere. So I'm pretty um, sure I used yeah. Bendigo as an analogy in a previous uh, couple of chats a couple of chats ago. Uh, I think yeah. they went to Iceland. nothing wrong with Bendigo. We love the place, but uh, oh, that's, yeah. uh, nothing on Lago. You know? When you get a Barcelona, Barcelona, Bendigo, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, right, how about the best nickname at the club? Uh, the best nickname, I think, for uh, for the for the girls, I think my personal favourite is is Big Boy. Um, so it's it's Anna McAvoy. She's one of our physios, and um, there's just something funny about. A bunch of girls on a footy field calling around, calling out for Big Boy on the field because 
she's not uh, imposing. She's only like five foot three or four, I think. Uh, hopefully got that right, Anna, if you're listening, sorry. Uh, I think just for the, for the the name Big Boy to do match with someone like uh, like Anna is quite a quite a funny thing. And obviously you've got um, you've got Gobs or Gabby Gobby for Gabs, which uh, is a bit of an unfortunate nickname for her, but one that she uh, she takes on board um, takes on board for herself. And for the for the boys, I think you'd go new guy Tate Skinner as probably one of my favourite uh, nicknames. He's been officially nicknamed the Worm. Uh, and has just really come on uh, leaps. And one of those boys that just arrived a couple of months ago, but uh, feels like he's been a part of the club for years now. So um, the Tate Worm, as he's uh, affectionately called around the club. So I think uh, he probably takes a cake in, in that regard. Yeah, nice. I thought when he said Skinner that that dog was going to be happy you were going to go with the Simpsons and say his nickname was Seymour. But Oh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> well, we yeah. could bring that in. We could bring that in. We- so just a little I think the, the worm sort of encapsulates him, him, him on the piss as well. So uh, Yeah, tape, uh, tape worm's good. That's not yeah. bad at all. Um, mate, thanks heaps for joining us. We do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to chat to us about the Wandsworth Demons. Um, where can everyone go to uh, to check you guys out on, on social media and check out the video you did, did for the Freeze M&D and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, so just find us um, at the uh, so we're the Wandsworth Demons on um, Facebook and Instagram. They're two of our main uh, avenues of social media. So if you go on there, you'll see we've got a bunch of um, videos and different content on there that you can um, get into. Yeah, if you want to come, if you feel like you want to come down and play a bit of Aussie rules in London, then we're always here, and we're going to be probably going to be training all throughout the year um, until sort of December. So plenty of time for people to come down and and joining the training and, and yeah, so it's, um, yeah, but always thanks for having me. It's, it's a great pleasure to sit here and um, talk about all things AFL London. It's uh, hopefully it sort of um, expands the league over here a little bit further because it is a great league and it's um, something that's, uh, that a lot of people don't really know about. So to talk about it and um, sort of get exposure to the league here is, is a great thing. So we appreciate you boys um, giving us a thought and, and putting in the effort to, to put AFL London on the map. So yeah, very appreciative. Thanks for having me. Nah, not a problem, mate. We appreciate the time and you guys are doing great things over there in AFL London and hopefully it just continues to grow bigger and better. And yeah, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, boys. Thanks, mate. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.